Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 173, No More Arguing. Do you believe it can possibly happen in your marriage that you don't argue anymore? I'd like to try and convince you that that's actually possible. And I want to give you some techniques to incorporate into your communication so that you stop arguing and you start communicating instead. So first of all, I want to ask you the question, what is the loudest in your marriage? Is it your complaining? Is it your criticisms? Is it arguing? Or is it praise and love and encouragement? It's really important to step back for a minute and think, where are we? Take stock of where you are. Sometimes we are so focused in just getting through the day that we don't even realize maybe how far we've come in a negative direction with our spouse in the way we communicate or in the way we just don't even communicate. First, let me give you some general points of communication. So communication is a skill. It's a skill that we all have to work on. And depending on who we're communicating with, it's a different set of skills. You know, we may communicate with our mother one way and our father another way. And then we throw in a spouse and he has different beliefs and stories and needs and ways he hears things that we learn how to communicate with him. And then of course, with our children. So remember that it is a skill that your spouse needs to learn and that you need to learn and that it takes time to learn that skill. The second thing I want to point out is you are not his mommy. Try to avoid correcting. Try very hard (laughs) to avoid correcting. You can make requests, but be careful about correcting. You're not his mom, and he doesn't need you to treat him like you're his mom. The third thing is there's a difference between opinions and facts. My dad used to always say, you cannot argue opinions. I'm sure he heard that from somewhere else, but you can't. And most of our arguments are about our opinions. We can express our opinion. We can back up our opinion with our thoughts of evidence, or our just thoughts of belief, but it doesn't mean that they're right. It's just our opinion. And so when you get into a discussion with your spouse, and you both come into the discussion with the realization that you have your opinions, I have my opinions, and maybe sometimes we just have to agree to disagree, and that's okay. So you can't argue opinions And remember that as you're getting into discussions with your spouse. Next, always, always speak with respect. My husband taught me this the very first week. Actually, it was the week before our marriage. 
I was moving my things up to the apartment we were going to share. He was unloading. He dropped my grandmother's lamp. And I just was so nasty to him. I'm embarrassed when I think about it now. The lamp meant more to me than the way I spoke to him. And we had not had any serious confrontation before that. But he turned to me and he said, do not ever speak to me like that again. My feelings are more important than a lamp. And he was correct. And actually, he had to correct me very often in our marriage. And then I had to help him along the way. (laughs) He would get frustrated with me and he would speak with disrespect. So we can help our spouse be respectful, but we also have to be open to letting our spouse help us speak with respect. We have the ability to either build up or tear down our spouse or our children. We have that ability. That can be dangerous and powerful. And so what do you do? Do you tear your spouse down or do you build him up? That doesn't mean do you agree with him all the time or do you disagree with him all the time? That's not what I'm talking about. You can disagree and still be respectful and not tear him down. The next one is sometimes we speak to strangers better than we speak to our spouse. Maybe often we speak to strangers better than we speak to our spouse. Really have an examination of your conscience on this. How do you speak to your spouse? Communication is the greatest form of intimacy and the power in our communication is something to think and pray about. Again, the tone, avoiding insults and constant criticisms or judgments, or maybe lying to maintain the peace. Look into each other's eyes. That in and of itself is a form of communication. That leads me to nonverbal communication. How do you communicate with your spouse without saying anything? Do you maybe caress his arm? Do you maybe give him a hug? Do you... Send little notes to him. How do we greet each other? Do you hug and kiss him hello and goodbye with a smile on your face? Do we give our spouse time, patience, and tenderness? When was the last time you complimented or encouraged your spouse? And do you assume the best of your spouse? Maybe he just doesn't get it, whatever it is. Maybe he doesn't see it. Maybe it never occurred to him to look at a situation differently. Assume the best of your spouse rather than he's just trying to prove me wrong or he's trying to embarrass me or she just is trying to find, you know, criticisms with me. I say she because I know men listen to this and I'm happy that you do. But sometimes I forget that there are men in the audience. And so I'm always talking about your spouse as your husband. But if you're a man and you're listening to this, apply all of this to the way you speak to your wife. So what is an argument? Well, I looked it up. An argument, the definition is to contend or disagree in words or to prove or try to prove by giving reasons. That's an argument. Do we really want to argue or do we want to communicate with our spouse for the betterment of our marriage, our children, and our whole family life. 
When we reframe arguments into sharing of thoughts and feelings, we let go of that win-lose element. Arguments just become conflicts to resolve, and that deflates some of that negative emotional energy. We approach our spouse with an interest to listen and understand rather than a desire to conquer and win. And I think we all have that innate desire to conquer and win. And if you're someone who doesn't, that doesn't resonate with you, then ask yourself, but do I hold resentments or do I feel walked on? Because it's kind of the same thing. We may not be aggressive in our desire to win, but when we're always the one that feels like we lose or that we're not being respected, it kind of comes into play in that way. And Either way, if we have the desire to conquer and win, or we're just passive and then hold on to resentments, it completely crushes our spirit and our spouse's spirit in the process. He must understand why he's wrong. I have to feel vindicated. I am right, and he should apologize for even questioning me. I want to suggest to you that we don't argue anymore, that we communicate, that we seek resolution. And I think that there are three things that we can bring into our discussions, our conflicts, that will help us not argue, but rather seek resolution. Curiosity, empathy, and openness. So the first, curiosity. In the midst of a conflict, rather than thinking, I'm afraid of hearing why this is important to him, which will create the feeling of fear or just discomfort. It will cause us to have the actions of arguing back, shutting down, insisting I'm right. And then the result is we never truly understand our spouse at a deeper level. If, however, our thought is, I wonder why this is so important to him. There we feel curious. And from curiosity, our actions are that we will ask questions. Tell me why you think this is the right way to proceed. Tell me why this is important to you. Help me understand what you see that I don't see, being curious. And then we listen well. And then we're open to hearing maybe hard things that we don't like, but from a place of curiosity, we're more open to hearing them. And we live in that feeling of being a little unsettled. And when we're open, really, truly open to hearing new things, then we can have the result of understanding him better and we'll be more inclined to resolve the issue. We may still disagree with him, but at least we have an understanding of why it's so important and maybe we can try that whatever that is, right? Whatever the conflict is about, being curious and saying, okay, let's try that and see what happens. Not from a sarcastic, okay, yeah, let's try that. But really from an, you know, a curious state. Okay, let's try that and see how that works. Another benefit to being curious about what our spouse is thinking is that we're not so focused on what we're thinking, why we are right, why we have to prove that our way is the best way. So be curious. The second thing is empathy. Empathy is attempting to understand how your spouse feels 
without trying to change him or fix him. Men are problem solvers. And I'm talking to the men in the audience now. Just listen. Listen to your spouse. Listen to your wife with empathy. Listen. And if you're the wife and you just want to be listened to, then at a different time when emotions are not high, have a discussion with your husband and say, you know, when we have conflict, I don't want you to jump in and try and solve the problem right away. Sometimes I just need you to listen to me. Can you do that? Ask him to do that for you. And if he starts to jump in in a conflict and try to solve the problem, say, well, wait a minute. Can you please just listen to me and let's resolve it in a minute. But I just need you to listen to me at first. And listen without judgment. Listen with your heart. Ladies, listen to your husband. Listen to what he might not be saying. It's very, very important that when you listen with your heart, you have a level of intimacy with him that you don't have just on listening with your ears. Try to understand what is going on with him. Why is he so passionate about his particular stance in this conflict? There's usually something more going on behind it. And many, many times, it's that he wants to feel respected by you. And he doesn't. Women want to feel loved and connected in relationship. Men first want to feel respected. And then they can feel loved and connected. So, when you're in conflict with your spouse, listen. Be respectful and listen to what's really going on under the surface. And validate your partner's perspective. That doesn't require that you abandon your own. It just validates what he's saying. Oh, I I can see why you think that. You may not agree with it, and that's okay. And you don't have to say, but I don't agree with it. Just validate. I hear what you're saying. I'm trying to understand what you're saying to me. When you do that, it shows empathy. And empathizing shows that you understand why they have those feelings and those needs. So in the model, in the coaching model, we have the circumstance of husband says words, wife says words. And our thought could be, he's so focused on being right, he doesn't care about what I'm feeling. (laughs) Even when I say that. Of course, I add a little tone, right? But we have a little tone in our thoughts too. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel resentment. He's so focused on being right, he doesn't care about what I'm feeling. And so what do I do? I pull away. I get angry. I give him the silent treatment. Man, we had the silent treatment for days. It was terrible. It was stupid, actually. But we did. Or we would yell more or louder or insist in telling him why I'm right. And when I have those actions from the feeling of being resentful that my thought is he's so focused on being right, he doesn't care about what I'm feeling, which by the way, just because I think it doesn't make it true. And knowing my husband, that was not true. But that gives me the result of I'm so focused on being right that I don't care about what he's feeling. Do you see how that works? So rather than a thought that doesn't serve me, let's have an empathetic thought. 
Same circumstance. He says words, I say words. But my thought could be, he's really hurting. Or there's something underneath here. My feeling then is empathy, compassion. And my actions are, I get curious about why he's feeling these feelings. I consider how I'm communicating. I try to communicate without being personal. And I let him feel the hurt without trying to tell him he shouldn't feel the hurt. I take ownership if I need to for what I've done or said or the way I've done or said something. And I apologize. And then the result is that I acknowledge his hurt. We have a closer union. And then often we solve the issue. Put yourself in your spouse's shoes by remembering all the variables that make him who he is. Who are his parents? What were they like? How did they communicate? What's the story he has come to your marriage believing how spouses should communicate? What's your story? What was his family like? What have been your spouse's life experiences? That all comes into play when we now are married. We bring each other's, you could say baggage. I like to say we bring each other's stories and beliefs into the marriage. That doesn't make them true. It doesn't make them right. But we have to acknowledge that they are there so that we can work through them and have empathy for our spouse as to why they show up communicating the way they do. The third thing is openness. Being able to suspend your thoughts, automatic assumptions, or your opinions to consider the possibility of different thoughts or different ideas. Because we're usually so focused on what we want and why we want it, we're so convinced we're right, that we don't even consider our spouse may have a very valid opinion. And actually, he could also be right. We have a joke. Michael, you're right. Oh, great. Put that on the calendar. (laughs) It's a joke now, not so much when we were first married. So being open that your spouse may have a better solution to the issue. What if there's a different way than your way? What if your way isn't the only way? What if your way isn't the right way? Both spouses must be able to listen to each other and consider the other's point of view. There will also need to be compromise on both parts. So one of the marriage counselors that we went to early on um, said to us, your children did not sign up for divorce, so figure this out. And I think both of us kind of (laughs) sat up a little on the couch and said, okay, that was exactly what we needed to hear. We didn't need to go through why he was right, why I'm right. I mean, we did discuss things, of course, because we needed to understand each other's position, okay? And that's what I'm talking about, being open and being empathetic and being curious. That all helps you understand your spouse's position. But really, the bottom line is, our children do not sign up for this, whether it's constant arguing or divorce. Our children came into the world with parents who need to be mature enough and loving enough 
and open and empathetic and curious enough with our spouse that we just resolve issues without arguing, without fighting, without raising our voice? Can we not just step back? And sometimes our emotions, our feelings, you know, go from zero to 60 in a nanosecond. If that happens, have an agreement with your spouse that if I feel like I am getting to a place of out of control, I will say to you, I need, I need space here. I just need to calm down. And if you're the spouse hearing that, you need to say, okay. Now, if you're the spouse hearing that who can't abide conflict and you feel like you have to get it figured out right now, understand that that's just you, but you need to give your spouse space if they need it, all right? Take the time so that you're not arguing at the height of emotion because then it is an argument. Instead, let's discuss. What do you think about the situation? I don't know. What do you think about the situation? I'll listen to you and then I'd like to tell you what I think. And then let's discuss it. Okay. Sometimes it's helpful to ask ourselves if we would want to be married to us. Are we always right? Do we have a strong opinion on everything? What happens if we don't get our way? Do we have tantrums like we're trying to teach our children not to have tantrums? Do we slam the door? Do we walk away and give the silent treatment? Do we yell back? Those are all tantrums. Maybe if I identified it that way, you would say, oh, wow, okay, I don't want to have that. Yeah, no tantrums, no adult tantrums, no child tantrums. Are we always attached to being angry? Have we decided that we are unhappy in our life and it is our spouse's problem? It's his responsibility to make me happy. And so every time there's conflict, I'm like, okay, there's more evidence that he makes me unhappy and that makes me angry. Are you attached to anger? That's your problem, not your spouse's. We come into a marriage with our own set of rules, expectations, experiences, and so does our spouse. In marriage, our goal is to synthesize, to bring together the two parts to make a whole, and the two shall become one. Okay? It's body, mind, spirit. The two shall become one. The beautiful part is that it only takes one person to change the way conflicts are dealt with. I know I have people out there saying, uh, you don't know my husband. Yeah, I probably do know your husband because I coach a lot of women and I have a lot of friends who have husbands who many would say they're just unreachable. They're a mess. But I can tell you, I have evidence that when one person changes, when I coach a woman to be the best person she can be, the husband changes. It's, it's just the way human beings work. You become who you surround yourself with. And when you become more loving and kind and open and curious and empathetic, so will your husband. If one person releases the negative energy in favor of understanding, the other person begins to release that negative emotion as well. As humans... We all want to be heard, understood, and respected. And this is about you taking action to love your spouse 
to hear him, to listen to him, to understand, to respect him through understanding his perspective, not in getting up the shield and arming yourself and go to battle to win an argument. Also create your own rules of engagement when you discuss issues. Don't be passive aggressive. Some people like to talk it out. Some people need space and step back. Understand your partner and work that, work that out. No sharp words, no slamming doors. And if you feel things are escalating, take a time out. No bad language, no name calling. You cannot unsay it. Remember, love your husband. He may do something, but don't name call him. Focus on the activity, not the person. And no unloading of past resentments or past conflicts where you lost or whatever. No personal attacks. When you're discussing something, no electronics. Put the phones aside. Give each other your complete attention. And if the phone rings, let it go. If it's an emergency, they'll keep trying to call you back. But put the phone away while you're discussing things that are serious to both of you. Stop thinking about what you need and what you get and focus instead on what he needs and what you can give. Listen more than you speak. I guarantee you that if you start putting these into action, he will respond. Immediately, probably not. But you keep showing up like this for him and he will respond. It takes one person to turn the direction. Okay, just one. So seek to resolve conflict, not win or lose. Watch what you say and be respectful. Be the first to apologize. Michael did this all the time early in our marriage because I was never going to admit that I was wrong and I was never going to apologize. And he was very good at being the first to apologize. And I learned from him how to do that. And then I became the first to apologize very, very often. And now I think it's kind of even Stephen. But anyway, I learned from him how to do that. Choose what you think. Remember, I wonder what is going on with him. I wonder what else his actions or inactions could mean. And then ask yourself, what would you like communication to look like in your relationship with your husband? What would you like your communication to look like? Verbal and nonverbal. And set those as goals. If we don't even know, if we think... Well, we, if we disagree on something, it should just result in an argument. That's what's going to happen. But if we have set in our mind, no, I don't want to argue. I just want to discuss. And so I'm going to put in place the actions or the inactions so that we just discuss and we, we get into clarity with each other. Okay, and then be curious, be empathetic, be open, and love deeply. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a great week. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, 
I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.